Psalm chapter number 63, we are going to start a series called Stewardship, plain and easy, and there's going to be different uh, areas every single weekend that we're going to bring to your attention that I feel like uh, you need to steward. The word steward simply means management. And so uh, we want to think about and pray about, carefully consider through Scripture, the areas of our life that he wants us to manage. I'm actually going to pray up front before I read any of the Scriptures because my points actually start uh, with the Scripture. So bow your heads, let's pray over this, okay? God, uh, as we start this month and we start this series, uh, help us to manage the affairs of our lives personally, relationally, emotionally, spiritually. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. So talking about stewardship, talking about management, managing the things of our lives. Most times when we talk about it in church, the first thing our, our mind goes to is money, finances. How do we steward that? And everybody, that's why I told you to brace yourselves, because most times, especially around this season, everything starts to be about money. Well, uh, I think uh, money is an important aspect of stewardship, and I'm sure that we'll uh, discuss that because during these next two months in our country are the biggest giving months in our whole nation. Not just for churches, but for uh, people in general. Uh, you'll start to see the Salvation Army bells ringing in front of Walmart, if you shop at Walmart. And you'll start to see the appeals go up uh, in donations. And, and we ourselves around this year always are looking for opportunities to minister to the homeless, those that don't have are underprivileged. And so uh, we take great joy in being a blessed church able to give back to our communities, and we'll do that. Uh, but today, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are because nerds rule the world, um, but if you're taking notes on this message, uh, this one is entitled Steward Yourself. Steward Yourself. The Lord actually gave me this message when I was at Chuck E. Cheese with my boys. And uh, <laughs> he'll speak to you anywhere. And um, what was funny was the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't know if uh, any of you all uh, have seen this clip. If not, uh, go to YouTube and, and uh, pull it up. It will bless your whole life. Uh, it's a little girl who can't be more than three years old, uh, wrestling with her seatbelt, trying to uh, click in the other half of the two-part clicky thing seatbelt for kids so they won't fly out of the car. And um, the dad is like, hey, can I help you? Baby, can I help you? And she looks up at him. She says, worry about yourself. <laughs> In the cutest little voice and points at him, worry about yourself. Turn around, drive. <laughs> now, there's two ways to look at this. Oh, adorable little girl independent. I'm going to get it in by myself. Or you have pride. You're a little girl. You're full of pride. You're two. You're cute, but it's still pride. Okay. The way I like to see it is she was trying to handle the issue herself. That's fantastic. I love people that are looking for ways to help themselves. Because we could come in here and start talking about stewardship and you need to steward your finances and you need to be stewarding your family. And if you don't steward yourself, 
What does it matter how good you are with money? I know a lot of people that are good with their finances, they're just not good with themselves. They don't take care of themselves. They run themselves in the ground. They're not spiritually prepared for life. They're not emotionally prepared for life. They're not physically prepared for life. So I want to talk about stewarding yourself, okay? Psalms chapter 63, starting at the first verse. Point number one is steward yourself spiritually, okay? Here's what it says. Oh God, you are my God. I search, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. I want you to look in Psalms chapter number one, starting at the first verse. Oh, the joys of those who follow the advice, who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They, who are they? Those that meditate and delight themselves in the law of the Lord. Those people are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Now, I want you to think about this. When we talk about stewarding ourselves spiritually, there is no way that you can steward yourself spiritually outside of meditating on God's word. It's absolutely impossible. You can listen to praise and worship 24-7. That is not replenishing your soul like reading the word of God. And I'm not talking about a flyby in the morning where you just look up a scripture and go, oh, Jesus wept. I did it. Devotion time. Time to go to work. But taking time to meditate on God's word is how you steward yourselves spiritually. Remember what scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone. This is in Deuteronomy 8, 3, and also in Matthew chapter uh, 4, around verse number 2. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's people uh, that I'll talk to from time to time that say, I have real struggle hearing God's voice. And the thing I encourage them to do all the time is read God's word, because God sounds like what he wrote. And when we take the time to read our word, to meditate on that word. And listen, this is not about you becoming a Bible scholar. This is not about, about you learning every Greek or Hebrew word in the Bible. What it is about is you taking the time to maybe go through some chapters, and you might have a verse that jumps out at you 
and you can meditate on that verse. You can go over that verse over and over and over again. I think the first 10 years uh, of my salvation that I had been walking with the Lord, I had never gone through the Bible straight through. I had never gone from Genesis to Revelation, just read the Bible straight through. And here's why. I kept getting tripped up by verses that stuck out to me. And a certain verse would hit me, and I'd be stuck on that verse for literally months. Breaking down that word, memorizing that word, and just studying that word and going, I can't believe you think this way about me. My, you, the, the, the revelation that hit me the hardest, I remember... Uh, struggling with uh, a porn addiction and uh, looking for scriptures that would minister to me uh, in that. And the one that got me was uh, Romans 8, 11, 12, and 13. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. Blew my mind. And I started meditating on that scripture. Now, wait a minute. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Okay, let me just get this straight. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, took a dead body and got it up. That Spirit lives in me? Well, then porn can't stay. This just became something I started meditating on. And then it says in uh, verse number 12, uh, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you are no longer obligated to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. What? That says that? Now, remember, when I'm meditating on something, I try to put it practically uh, uh, in my life in ways that it will be relevant to me. OK, wait a minute. Um, I'm no longer obligated to do what my sinful nature urges me to do. OK, let me get this straight. So it'll still urge me. That freed me right there. Because I was told in church, if you get delivered, you shouldn't have an urge. And if you have an urge, you're not delivered. So I can still have an urge and still be free? Oh, thank you, Jesus, because I mean, woo! That helped me a lot. Lord Jesus, thank you. That's freedom right there. So I'm no longer, I'm, I, so I don't have to do what my sinful nature urges me to do. So here's the best way I could practically come up with this. When I was a child, uh, my parents were gone one day. I was just home uh, with my younger brother and my older brother. My older brother's 10 years older than us, so he was a big brother. And some Jehovah Witness came to the door. When the Jehovah Witness came to the door, he was like, duck! And I mean, I don't know why. We were in our house, so we were already safe. Uh, no one had weapons. They were just Jehovah Witnesses. He was like, hit the floor! I don't know why we did it, but we, <laughs> he's the older brother. We didn't know what was going on. So we were like, okay, why are, why are we on the floor though? Shh, don't hear you. We stayed on the floor, no lie, about seven minutes. And after seven minutes, they left. And he was like, oh, get up. We're good now. And I just kept thinking to myself, what was gonna happen if we open the door or just ignore them. Because just because they knocked didn't obligate us to answer it. So I was like, oh, 
So this addiction is kind of like Jehovah's Witness. Don't say that out loud. I might need to edit the podcast. I'm sorry, I don't feel that well. I don't know how I just made that correlation. That's just, I feel bad. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, I repent. <laughs> I have no idea how I got there. I'm not obligated to answer the door. What if they keep knocking? Well, I'm not obligated to answer the door. I can send the Holy Spirit to the door. That end everything. Yes? Oh, I didn't know it was you. Yeah, I live here. This is my dwelling place. It was purchased in blood. I'm the governor, and I'm the steward of this entire body. You have no place here. Good day. Close the door. Walk away. I meditate on scripture. I wonder what battle you may be having spiritually that doesn't need anything else but a strong word from the Lord. For whatever you're wrestling with or whatever you're struggling with, do you have a scripture you can point to and stand on when times get rough? Steward yourselves spiritually. I'm telling you, the only way that you can really do that is in God's word. Get a word for your situation. Get a word for the struggle. Get a word for the temptation. Get a word for the season that you're in. Because if you have a word to stand on, the enemy doesn't have a leg to stand on. Steward yourself spiritually. That's point number one. Point number two. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait a minute. I have to give you this word for prosper. I'm so sorry. Okay, so, so um, uh, verse number three, right? Uh, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Let me give you the, 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 the Hebrew words uh, for prosper by definition. To force entry, to cut through, to cross, to succeed to be successful. Now, anytime we hear the word prosper, the first and only thing we think about is success or, or money, right? Uh, to prosper means to be successful, but I, but I want you to think about that entire definition in context to this verse. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They force entry or cut through circumstances in all they do. Those that meditate on the word of the Lord cut through cross over, are successful in every season of their life, in everything they do. Now, here's what I love about that. It's balanced. It doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire. What it means is whether you are going through or you are all the way through, you're prospering. You're cutting through and you are successful in every area of your life because you meditate on God's word. Okay, so that's point number one. Point number two, write this down. Uh, Steward yourself emotionally. Steward yourself emotionally. Psalms 37 verses 30 and 31 
says this. And, and be, actually, before I read it, I want to give you a context. Uh, we know that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We're spirit-filled believers walking out of our lives, okay? The Holy Spirit is the advocate, the counselor that Jesus talked about in John 14, 15, and 16, that he would lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, remember that word counselor is not to be uh, inferred to as like a therapist. He's not our therapist. Like, there, there, tell me what's going on. Oh, poor baby, what happened? And then what? Right? So he's not, he, don't think therapist. Think legal advisor. That, that's what the word means. When you talk about counsel, it's like getting legal counsel. He's not there to baby you. He's there to remind you of the promises, the decrees, and the plans that God has for you based on the word. Now, you got to remember, the spiritual realm is the most legal environment that has ever been created. God knows it. The enemy knows it. It's a legal environment. Anytime the enemy comes into your life to do something, he has legal ground to do it. He's not invading as much as we think he is. He's looking for you to come into agreement with him because he knows legally he can't do anything without agreement. God can't either. Got to remember that after day six, uh, God stepped out of humanity's affairs without agreement. After he blew into Adam and man became a living soul, God said, I'm out of earth's affairs unless you invite me in. This is why he couldn't interrupt what was happening between the serpent and Eve. You have to invite him into it. And if you don't invite him into it, he can't do anything except stand there and go, I'm kind of here. There's a scripture, it loses my mind right now. All this stuff is now, I have scriptures volunteering in my head, like, talk about me, talk about me. It's weird in here. It's just crazy in here. Uh, can't remember if it's Isaiah or Ezekiel, uh, somebody that has that scripture, Exum, you might know it. Uh, but it says that I search for a man to stand in the gap. God was searching for a man. Why would he have to search for a man? Why would he have to come into agreement with somebody? He's God. He's sovereign. Well, he gave man dominion on the earth, and so he can't do anything in the earth unless he does it through a man or a woman. It's a legal environment, okay? So we know that the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and guides us into all truth, and uh, here's what a lot of people will say. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, Jesus is dealing with me on some stuff, and so just leave me alone because Jesus is dealing with me. Okay? So when I talk about stewarding yourself emotionally, I'm not just talking about you and Jesus in a corner trying to figure it out. Okay? And I want to give you some scriptures that will give you a context to this. Okay? So Psalm chapter number 37, verses 30 and 31. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. The godly offer good counsel. Underline that. We know that the Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor, but do you know how he confirms his counsel? Through other godly people. 
If the Holy Spirit has told you something, he'll tell the people around you the same thing to confirm his word. It's amazing to me how many people God told me. They just throw it's the God card. We call it. God told me that's it. And no one else heard anything. Like your closest friends, the people that you love, the people you've been walking with in faith for years and years and years have not heard what you heard. But because you heard it. You're not going to be moved by anybody else's godly counsel because you heard from God. At this church, uh, I'm the senior elder of the church, uh, but this is an elder governed church. Here's simply what that means. Uh, We cannot make any major decisions at Embassy City Church without 100% unanimity from the elders of Embassy City Church. Let me tell you why you should be happy about that. That that just prevents me waking up in the morning after having like a bad pizza, going, you know what, we're moving, we're moving to Bangladesh. God's calling us to Bangladesh. The whole congregation, get all your stuff. I heard from God. And if you don't hear it, then you're not submitted to the vision of this house. Starts getting all witchcrafty and manipulative and they start preaching sermons on submission. I'm doing an 11 week series on submission. Hopefully by then you'll submit. How does that happen? Because they don't want to wait to hear the echoes. So I call these divine echoes. Okay, if God speaks something to me. There is a a group of people in my life that I'll submit that word to to see if uh, the Holy Spirit is telling them the same thing. When we're all in agreement, then we move. Now, here's the thing. It's much slower that way. It's so much slower that way. And it's so much safer that way. Okay. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 20. Proverbs chapter number 20, verse number 18, says this. Plans succeed through good counsel. (laughs) Don't go to war without wise advice. You want to steward yourself emotionally? Get good, godly counsel. And it will help you sort through some of the emotions that you're having. You ever been having anybody but me been ever having been having like the best year ever? Things are going great, but you don't feel good. Like God's blessing. And is that happen, ever happened to anybody? Like you have blessings coming and then you're still like, I no. I remember when we bought our uh, first house in 2007. Um, you, you know, it was like, you know, you're starting to get stuff that like the American dream stuff. You got married. You got a house, going to have some kids like like for I thought that was supposed to make me like feel like I've accomplished something. And then like I got it all. And we had like two cars. And when Juliet and I got married, we had one car and we had to like, like drive each other everywhere. It was crazy. And we were putting like twenty two thousand miles a year on a car. We were like, how is how have we driven to New York and back? And we never left Texas. It was crazy. Um, and we got all this stuff. We got two cars and we got the house. Oh, yes. And then I was like, I don't I don't feel good. Like, I have to pay for all of this. That mortgage just keeps coming. Like, it's just it's unbelievable how consistent this mortgage payment is. It's two car notes. Oh, my good. But you get the house like, ah, the house, we got the key. 
Ah, pay for it. <laughs> we got a new car. Yay! Pay for it. Don't celebrate the blessing if you're not going to steward the responsibility. <laughs> Whew, it's good. So <laughs> I'm figuring it out as I go along. This is some good stuff. <laughs> Think about this. How much are your emotions impacted by the blessings or lack thereof in your life right now? And do you have some godly counsel around you that can help put it all in perspective? Or are you at the house by yourself, locked away, hearing from the Lord? without being able to hear a godly echo through the people that he's placed around you. So that's Proverbs 20, 18. Look at uh, Proverbs 11, 14. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Now, you guys know that I'm uh, an NLT guy, but there's some scriptures that I still like better in uh, King James. This is one of them. Uh, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, in the multitude like more than one, <laughs> like, like you can't just have like one person that endorses all of your foolishness. That's not like a multitude of counselors. That's like you and your friend going rogue together. <laughs> Have a great idea. <laughs> What's your idea? Let's rob a bank. You're a genius. Let's go now. A multitude of counselors is getting several people around you that you trust can hear from God about your life and just submitting stuff to them. And, and let, me, let me tell you something. If you would just take your timetable off of it, you would find yourself resting so much better. I have people in my life, I just, I get, some of them I don't even have to call, I can just send them a text message. Like, I am going crazy right now. They'd be like, how are you going crazy? You just bought a building with no money. You put a dollar down. How is your life bad right now? It's not bad, God's blessing, I'm trying to manage it. That's stressful. And my body doesn't know the difference between good, bad, good stress and bad stress. All it knows is it's stressed. So, help me. Send. I'm so glad for the iPhone update because now I got more emojis and all kind of little animated gifts to work with. I can send just about anything I need now to kind of express the mood that I'm in. Here's the thing. The reason why I'm sane because I have a multitude of counselors. I don't have any secrets. I can tell you, as the senior pastor of this church, I don't have one secret. Somebody knows all of my business. <laughs> or a multitude knows a little bit of all of it. <laughs> and if they all got together, they would know the whole picture, okay? <laughs> like forming Voltron. Okay, so uh, 19 people got that reference. 
fantastic. I love this church. So emotionally, how, how do you steward your, your, your emotions? By having a, a group. You know why we started groups in September? So that you would have an outlet to get together and talk about stuff. Not just go over the message from the weekend, but to be able to get together in a smaller group and be able to go, look, great message from the weekend. Hope it was great from the weekend. Um, but I got to tell you, man, I'm, I am going through something right now. And I just need to talk about it. And I'm so glad we have this group so we can talk about this kind of stuff together. This is why we're in community with each other. This is why we're in fellowship with each other. This is why we endorse groups. It's the lifeblood of our church. That's why we want everyone to get in a group. Why? Because you'll stop calling our office if you get in a group. <laughs> you should have seen the parties we had when we threw our groups. Everybody in the office like, yes, our counseling sessions are going to go down. Yay. Here's what I don't want you to do have a community like this or be in a small group during the week. How's everything going? Fine. Blessing highly favored. <laughs> Lord's on the throne. I'm the head and not the tail. Stop all that churchy stuff and just tell the truth. Now, if that's the truth, amen. But if it's not, stop. Can I tell you something that would probably shock you? Like, we know you're going through something. You're a human. There's no way you're not. Like, everything is just not perfect. That doesn't mean we're, we're addicted to problems. What it means is, seasonally, as things pop up, you already have a community where you can go, you know what, I've been walking with you guys. It's been great, but we hit a roadblock in our marriage. I just want you to pray. I'm having a, I'm having a challenge in my health. I want you to pray. And I've, I've hit, I own a business and it's been doing great, but man, we've hit a slow sump, slump and I might have to lay 10 employees off. And I just want you to pray with us that, that God would either do a miracle, that he would give us advice uh, to, to make it through this season. Do you, know, do, you, do you know what happens when you get to get that off, when you're not carrying that by yourself? I know so many people that have this deep prayer life with Jesus. They talk to Jesus like six hours out of the day. And they're, they're the most miserable people of all time because you weren't supposed to have vertical without horizontal. You weren't meant to talk to him all day long. He's up there on the throne like, you better go talk to Karen because I'm done. Died for you already. I'm up here interceding for you. You better go talk to Karen, okay? So steward yourself emotionally, okay? Uh, point number three, write this down. My disclaimer on this point is I know I'm meddling, okay? Uh, that's my point. That's my disclaimer on this point. I know I'm meddling, uh, but I'm meddling because I love you, okay? So, so point number three is steward yourself physically. 1 Timothy 4.8 says this. Physical training is good, comma, but... Training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Physical training is good, uh, but spiritual training is much better. But let's not act like that first part before the comma doesn't exist. Physical training is good. I'm not trying to advocate that everybody here have six-pack abs 
as a New Year's resolution going into 2017. We're not about to start a ridiculous challenge where the whole church needs to, you know, lose two tons by March of 2017, okay? I'm not trying to do that. What I am trying to do is say, uh, it's hard to steward yourself if you don't feel good physically. You can be good spiritually and emotionally and not good physically. And if it's in your power, you need to manage it. If it's in your power to do, you do everything that you are supposed to do to make sure that you are stewarding the physical temple. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Paul writes something that is significant here. Starting at the 24th verse. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, there might be theologians in the room that say, wait a minute, Tim. Scripture's not talking about physical exercise. He's using a metaphor to talk about running a spiritual race. Yes. But if Paul's words are to be taken in context to what he's writing, he's saying that I discipline my body like an athlete. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. That spiritually, emotionally, and I would have to think that if I could ask Paul directly, with all of the missionary journeys that he had to take, walking and riding and on boat, he probably had to be in some good physical shape to keep all that up. I don't know if you remember, but the disciples walked with Jesus everywhere. You had to have like some endurance to be with Jesus. He's like, come follow me, literally. <laughs> and he taught them along the way. You know why? They had like four days to get to the next spot. So you have time to teach. So anyway, John, what you were asking me earlier about that stuff. Yeah, verily, verily. I mean, he's just, <laughs> they are literally walking out life with each other, literally. My grandfather, Enoch Elijah Ross Jr., great man of God, because his first name is Enoch and his middle name is Elijah. He had to be, okay? Y'all know any Enochs? Exactly. So, <laughs> great man of God, powerful preacher, great musician, had an anointing on his life. People would come to his church, walk through the back, demon possessed. He would just cast out the demon when they walked through the back of the door. Would fast all the time, clothes just, you know, just slunk off his body. He was an amazing man. Loved God, believed in God, had faith, prayer life, the whole nine. His appendix burst. And he didn't go to the hospital for three days. You know why? I'm believing God. And he died. Believing God 
but not stewarding his physical body. Poison is seeping through his body for 72 hours and he's walking around. I believe God. I'm a little sick. Don't care. That's pride. Ooh, what a great man of faith. He was a great man of faith. He's my grandfather. He's amazing. And he's dead because he didn't go to the hospital. 63 years old. It's pretty young. Okay. You feel something? Go to the doctor. Believe God and go to the doctor. Get a Christian doctor. Help yourself out. Whatever you need to feel about, better about yourself, do it. Find one that's spirit-filled. They can pray over you in tongues. I don't care. <laughs> Steward your body. Type 2 diabetes can be easily solved. With a little walking, exercise, and eating right. Just put the bread down. Or just get a slice and leave the rest there. You don't need a half a loaf of bread with this meal. You don't. I remember a few years ago, I went to the doctor, and they said my cholesterol was high. And I knew, and, and I, they had me, like, dead to rights, because I love eggs. I love them. I love eggs, okay? They were like, oh, your cholesterol's pretty high, and we need to get that down, and so I'm just gonna prescribe you Lipitor. I want you to start taking it. I was like, I'm not taking no Lipitor. My cholesterol's high. I'm going to stop eating so much eggs with the yolk in them. Because you can have as many egg whites as you want. I don't know if you know that, but there's your little life hack for today. Uh, you, don't have, you don't have to be on all the medications if you just make some tweaks to your diet. I know I'm meddling. I know I'm meddling, but I want you to be alive. Is that okay? I love you a lot. <laughs> and if it's something that can be managed with diet or exercise, don't be so great spiritually and emotionally and you're wheezing, going up one flight of steps in Jesus' name. <laughs> Just believe in God to get an elevator in my apartment complex. Come on. Steward yourself. Worry about your own self. As the little sage two-year-old girl said. Manage yourself spiritually. Manage yourself emotionally. Be in a group. Manage yourself physically. A little bit of discipline goes a long way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? What is he speaking to you about? Is it about yourself spiritually? Emotionally? Or is it physically? You can allow God into every area of your life. And you can see him do amazing things.